out from the current scene and fade in years ago. Remy, quite different than they are now, a little younger, a lot more naive, dressed in a very simple, long tunic of black with purple trim, like a light lavender trim, long sort of chestnut brown hair, is staring out the viewport, very large viewport of uh, a ship into that dying uh, red dwarf star that the flotilla has been circling for the last two or three years. A tall, sort of severe-looking man. His, his robe is much more ornate. It has silver embroidery. He wears a lot more jewelry. His close-cropped brown hair is the same shade as the Remy that stands before him. Uh, he is also looking out onto the heart of this dying star, hoping that in her gaze she will she will see what he sees. He is a talented warp magician. In fact, the whole family is and has been for several generations. And as part of her initiation rites later that night, he's hoping she's ready. Your father, Luther Victorian Moreau, serious though not humorless, but his growing impatience is becoming an issue. Now, my child, I know that these last few years have been a struggle for you. Your mother and I have uh, done our best to bring you into this great work. There are a lot of eyes on the Kore now. I know, I know, and I don't want to disappoint you. I, I've been doing the rites. I've been chanting like I should. I just, it's not coming. You see, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not about... This is not a religion. This is a way of being. You see, many people have an idea about what the warp is and how it is manipulated. But it's not... It's not rote. It's internal. You have to feel it. You have to see it. You have to be able to visualize it. Mom tells me that it's like a great tapestry... And we're just plucking threads. But I don't see a tapestry out there. I see a star. It's a huge glowing ball of gas and dust. And I don't know how I pick threads out of a dying star. Listen, Remilda, it will become clear to you once this work has begun in truly in earnest. Those who do not have the ability to work their will into the fabric of the universe will be left behind, and I cannot have my only daughter be left behind. Do you understand? I, I do. Listen, I don't want to put pressure on you because pressure is not what this is about. Here, you didn't you realize this when he came in, but he was holding a cup just like a very basic kind of plastic cup. There's a liquid in it that's kind of this golden, ambery kind of liquid. You've seen it before. You're not exactly sure what it is, but a lot of the older practitioners or will workers will often be drinking it. It's like, you know, some kind of tea or something. I thought this was only for practitioners. 
This is uh, this is a, a special tea that is brewed. It's a very old recipe. I've never really held a lot of stock in using external methods to work the threads, but there are those who swear that this will put your mind in a state where you can receive. And it's true, like, you've never seen your father or your mother take this. It's it's one of those things there's, you know... It's a crutch. Well, yeah, it's a crutch, and, and some people are a lot more ritualistic. Some people, like, you know, some people even, like, they make magic circles. You know, there's there's lots of people who really treat this like straight-up magic. And though there's a certain amount of ceremony with it, but it's kind of personal. He gives you the liquid and... It's all right. It'll either work or it won't. Guess it can't hurt. You can't tell me that you have not tried different uh, concoctions. <sighs> the sort. Look, go ahead and, and see. See what happens. Okay. Okay. If you think it's best. I don't think it will hurt. Okay. And kind of graciously, she takes the cup in both hands and... Shoots it like a pro. All right, so you'd sock back this tea, and at first it's kind of like, just like a weak tea with this really kind of bitter aftertaste, <sighs> but after you gulp it down, all of a sudden you just get a, a rush. There's obviously some kind of a stimulant in this, but the effect that it's giving you, uh, it's not opening your inner eye or anything. It's just kind of immediately making you kind of dizzy and uncomfortable. Now, yes, it's working. Mm. Now, sit. I want mm. you to sit. Okay. I, I would like to sit. Clear your mind. Okay. And now I need you to turn your eyes to the star and tell me what you see. Ah. <sighs> so, this is just making you feel weird. You're looking at the star, and it's a little fuzzy from the just your reaction to this whatever the hell this is, but it's pretty much the same thing. But you can kind of tell, you can feel your father's just like, oh no, this is the stuff I can see, I can tell, I can tell. Like, he thinks maybe he's unlocked the secret, and at this point, it's just like, shit or get off. <laughs> shit. So a, a very woozy and a little green around the gills. Ramilda sits down and she just puts her elbows on her knees and her hands in her head, uh, basically resting her chin on her hands. And she just stares at this swirling, roiling mass of star that's in front of her. And it sort of, sort of like narrows, like this sort of like tunnel vision. Mm. And nothing's coming. Just absolutely, it it's pretty. Yeah. And there, there's, there's a definite um, kind of a dance to the gas currents, and you know maybe a solar flare like pops out of the side, and she just watches it, watches it go, and she decides, well, it's now or never. She clears her mind, takes a deep breath in, and says, The tapestry before me is frayed, uh, speckled with blood and dirt, and almost moth-eaten pictures of dying civilizations 
This star has brought life to so many, and now, as it begins its final cycles, there's a darkness around it as it prepares to sleep. Almost a, a resignation of the glorious life it had for these millions of years. There are threads in every direction, but they are strained and taut on the verge of snapping because of all the civilizations the star birthed that are no longer here. It's like it's threadbare. It's moth-eaten. It's kind of empty. Reach out. It's time to go. Reach out, child. Reach out and see if you can touch a thread. I don't want you to pull it. We're not ready for that yet, but I want you to I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it's there. Okay. It's dry. It's kind of like touching a very brittle piece of wiring. There's a tiny bit of a shock to it. Now, pull back, pull back. Don't get too close. Okay. Alright. Kind of feels cold. Yes, that will. She sneaks a look at him at this point, and if he was looking at her, which he's kind of not. He's not. He has this look of like, oh, finally. It's kind of a proud papa look, but it's more (laughs) like a you know, my legacy will not be tarnished kind of thing. And, like, if the, if the camera sort of pulled back to see the both of them, like, he's very proud, he's looking, and she's sort of looking at him like, he's buying it? He's buying it. And I'm sure you've picked up a lot of this talk from just, you know, you've yeah, been raised I, around these people, so they're, they're, you know, everyone's telling you a different version of how the warp, and it's a little different for everybody, but you've been able to kind of concoct this version that seems to be like, okay, you know, the, the consistency is the thing that you need. Like, if you, if you subscribe it as one thing and then use something else, then the whole art of this falls apart. But you're, you're like, no, this, you know, this is one of those things, this is the thing you've been working on the back of your head. If this doesn't work, I, I'm just going to sling this bullshit. And uh, unfortunately, you've had to do that because... And the scene pauses and you, and you hear, like, Remy currently, and this... This is where I learned that sometimes you just gotta lie. Lie your freaking head off. And we can go back to see. <laughs> I'm gonna brew up more of this amber tea and we'll have it ready for you, but uh, now I can tell them, I can tell them that, uh, that you are ready. And they say that the next phase is going to be very special. And it's oh. gonna take all of us. The great endeavor is at hand. I can't wait. Soon we will know whether the work is possible, and once it is, once the word is spread, they'll all come. She stands up and she faces her father, and she—they're not—they're not touchy people, right? And, but she does kind of reach out for his hands, and that—that that tiny little moment of connection is kind of all she's going to get, but all she really needs. And she's like, "I can't wait for you to see it." I can't wait for you to see it. Truly see it. They say it's it's going to be glorious. He touches her hand for a moment, but then he turns around like, I gotta go tell everyone. And there's been talk about like phases and things, but you have no idea what it means. So, some of it sounds some of it sounds concerning to you. Like 
It's gotten cultier since this has all happened in a real culty way. <laughs> yep. And uh, as he exits the room, she just sort of sits down, looks back towards the star, says, yeah, I gotta go. And then we will fade out of the scene, and then we see quick shots of Ramilda changing their appearance, going from this, you know, small, fragile uh, girl into this more actuated being, you know, just the things that they do to make their appearance more like we see them now. And Ramilda, now Remy, is able to hop a supply ship and leave. And that is where Ramilda Melissine Moreau ends. And Remy Moreau, scoundrel of the stars, is born. Welcome, humans. We are the robots of entropy. I like that one. Well, God willing, in the creek don't rise, we are. Uh, we are the whew, we are the architects of entropy, and this is season two, episode eight. Yay. Holy shit, are we up to eight already? Mm. We are up to eight already. We we would yeah. be up to nine, but there was that one day that I uh, I uh, we recorded one episode and I was like, ah, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> so it messed me up. But that's fine. And uh, at this point, uh, we know when the show will be going out. So this episode will probably sometime in December, no, no, November or December, if you can imagine that. Uh, happy uh, holidays. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Ooh. I don't know. This is as organized as I can possibly get. So quick anecdote. Jill had a hankered for Cracker Barrel, so I picked up some Cracker Barrel. They have a Christmas display already. Oh. Of, but of, because of course they do. They have their Halloween stuff up, too, I saw. Yeah. Um, and they have... Yeah, they have the best of both worlds, a Halloween tree. I'm not surprised. I'm honestly, I'm honestly not surprised that that has not shown up years ago. To be honest, I would. Uh, there's some people uh, who I I drive by in my uh, my daily uh, my daily driving around uh, routes that put out last Halloween. They put out two skeletons sitting across from each other at a table. And they decided they loved it so much that they leave it out all year long and just mm. decorate it for the different uh, holidays that are appropriate. And I think it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> People have won. Yeah. The only way it would be better is if it was two of those nine foot tall uh, skeletons. <laughs> well, they did have one of those like, yeah, the 10 foot tall skeletons. But the problem with those is they seem to lose their heads uh, quite a bit. Um, I don't think if there's any out there, I don't think you'll find one that has a head because either you'll a, a find lot that's of times a either with fall, all skeletons, they <laughs> fall down. Uh, first of all, because we live in an area where the wind is nightmarish, and uh, I imagine people steal them because what's cooler than having like a two foot tall skull, you know, of your own? Oh, I see. But, oh, three foot tall skull, but still. I thought you were saying steal the ten foot skeleton. I'm like, well, I guess you the know then, skull gun. thief. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying a three-foot-tall skull would be better than a two-foot-tall skull. Come on, oh, okay. man. Okay. Follow up. Or a no, real yeah. human skull would be better. But then you got to go to the cemetery and, mm -hmm. you know. Maybe. Or talk to a guy. May oh, man. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, it depends what you're I, into. I, I cannot condone anything they're talking about right now. 
<laughs> we're not role models. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Look, if you're listening to this show for life advice, you got to stop. Okay? <laughs> yeah, this we're is happy with your habits. But you got to stop. Yeah. Not. Why is this yeah, happening? Please keep listening, but just don't listen with that in mind. Patrick, did you label this podcast self-help? <laughs> I might have. I might have labeled it everything just so mm-hmm. people will just see it and think it's something. I'm going to call like, it true crime look, at this point. I need the <laughs> listeners to understand my face of indignation right now. Just, yes. Just, just the what the fuck barbecue that is on my face. <sighs> uh, oh, we have yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, we no. do. Yeah. And speaking of having fun, uh, the crew of the Steadfast is not having fun at the moment. Uh, last we left you guys, uh, you have decided that for your first job, you should take on two jobs because we're overachievers. Yeah. Well, the good news is, you know, if this job goes, <laughs> goes really, really bad, you won't even have to show up to the second job. Mm-hmm. But the first job is just taking a passenger to a place. And the second job is uh, going to a corporate facility, very quietly spiriting some kind of thing over to another corporate facility and very quietly dropping off there without anybody seeing you. I think the problem was we decided to get extra credit on the first job. Well, you know, the first job doesn't pay a lot unless you help this this person. Well, you know what? Let me just recap it. Right now, you guys are in the midst of job number one, and that is to take a knight of the Comet Society, or Thilios Sarth, to the Kore, a flotilla of ships surrounding the dying star of the Possibility System, where one of the Comet Society ships is apparently joined the flotilla, so he can take it back for the Society. Uh, your second job is to go to Blue Sky Station, a massive corporate space station, also in the possibility system, to go very discreetly to the facilities of Amalgamated Trade Enterprises to take a package from there to their facilities on a planet called Nihil 687, uh, where the all the staging for the Vaklov uh, program is going on. That job needs to be done within a certain amount of time and with the package being relatively in good shape. There is a a fairly large clock on that job, but it's already ticked away a little. But you still have 11 out of 12 pieces of that pie to the whole job. Orthelios promised you two cred to take him to his ship and four cred to help him get the ship back. So you thought, why not? You docked with the ship the Epiphany, which is... Very clumsily attached to the flotilla, you went into the vessel and you were greeted by Pazda Kivith, the former captain, well, I guess current captain of the ship, that is now part of the Kore, uh, dedicated to their great endeavor of uh, communing with this dying star and, you know, doing something, uh, either, you know, learning the secrets of death or uh, uh, fixing the star or, or, or something. Oh, who the fuck knows? So in the process, you have been in kind of a tense negotiation as Kivith is refusing to return the ship to the Comet Society because uh, they are now part of the Core and the Great Endeavor. Uh, so it's been a little tense. At uh, one point, uh, the uh, identity of uh, Remy Moreau has been uh, kind of blown a little bit. Apparently, it turns out that they are uh, from this group at some point. 
So uh, uh, complications have ensued. And as you have been brought into this whole situation, a couple of things have happened. Two doors have opened on either side of the chamber you're standing in. Uh, one goes into the rear of the ship where there is an old gentleman in a similar garb. They're wearing these like flowing robes with shaved heads and tattoos that even Remy has not seen before. And the door to the cockpit of the ship has opened up and there's two younger male and female people similarly attired with that similar kind of uh, blissed out look in their face. At the same time, Muffin, you have noticed that if you were able to shimmy to the other side of this chamber and get into that second airlock, you could probably decouple this ship. So we will return to this scene already in progress. Orthelios looks towards the cockpit and recognizes the two figures. Nell, Tomas, don't tell me you've fallen in with this insanity. And Kivith looks over at this. They know quite well what they are doing. They have sacrificed their lives towards the great endeavor. And Orthelios, you are more than welcome to join us. All of you. Romilda, your parents miss you greatly. I'm sure they do. But it's not my path anymore. And I'll thank you to not tell them that I'm here. I will do as you wish if you leave. But and then at that point, she looks to the old gentleman behind her. You do not recognize this guy, Remy, but neither does Orthelia seem to recognize him, too. And at this point, he steps forward. Now, you all know what the situation is, so you have two choices. You can either join us or leave. I'm sorry, I thought we had the option of letting um, Orthelius take a quick walk around and make sure there were no uh, nothing he needed to report back to his people, and then we will leave. I believe that is what we had negotiated, correct? Yeah. There is also the matter of the insurance that we just have to have a quick visual confirmation that there was no there was no force used to take the ship. So, Professor Muffin, if uh, if you could just start doing a quick visual inspection, we'll be out of your hair in just a second. Let me know if you need me to uh, sway them for this. But I thought we had already negotiated. You had, that and that's the thing. That is around. that is one hundred percent true. You had negotiated okay. that so with Kevin. So this guy's just being a dick. All right, first up against the wall when the revolution comes. We got oh yeah, it. absolutely. <laughs> no, this is this is uh, this appears to be some kind of flexing um, that uh, you're not sure if she was aware of or not. But she obviously knew these people were there. Uh, mm-hmm. But when this old gentleman uh, came out of the back, he seemed to kind of be taking charge of the situation. Oh fuck you, bitch! Boxcars. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Wow, I hadn't even. Uh, okay, I. Uh, so that was. Uh, I, I want them to let us do this. That's I, I what know. I, want. Um, I, I. I. I uh, uh, so okay, let's go back in time and call okay, that sorry. a. Uh, yeah, because I gotta set the effect and everything, All and right, ask yeah, if yeah, you. Yeah, uh, cool, cool, cool. There's a whole process to this, but All uh, right. that is a sway. Uh, I will call it uh, risky. Uh, well, I was going to call it risky for lesser effect, <laughs> but. You did crit, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what boxcars, bitch, mean. Okay. Sorry. I only uh, have two dice I, to roll anytime. I, I just thought you were having a fit. Oh, no, no. That's <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. It's like 90 degrees in here, so uh, no. the fan is off because I uh, am recording. So, uh, yeah, no, no, it's cool. Please do not die. You're good. The older gentleman will look at Keveth and Orthelius, and they will say, you may... Search the ship, if you wish. Doubtless you will find nothing that is of any value to you. 
Don't expect to. Just got to check some things off the form. Okay, so in this instance, what is everyone doing? I'm trying to make myself as inconspicuous as possible. Okay. Muffin will proceed to start conducting an inspection of the ship, working his way closer and closer to that connecting airlock. Hmm. I'll be your assistant. Um, yeah. Insofar as I'll, maybe I'll try and get them looking somewhere else as long as I'm aboard the ship. Yeah, everyone everyone is aboard the ship. All right. Yeah, since this is going to be close, Muffin will whisper to him, if I can get that airlock, I can detach the ship. All right. So what I'm going to need is an action from you, Tristan. This will be your, your process to start making this happen. So I am going to start a clock. It's going to be a six-piece clock. It's going to be a decouple. And this will be a process that will begin. And obviously, this, you know, could be possibly intercepted, depending on how this goes. But uh, the end uh, result will be the ship basically uh, will decouple from the flotilla. Uh, It will be attached to your ship because your ship is coupled with it. Then we deal with whatever happens after that. All right. So uh, what will be your action, Tristan? And this this can be different actions, you know, for different parts of it. But the, right now, what you need to do is this is your ruse to search the ship and then eventually get where you want to go without anyone giving you notice. So, well, Tristan, at this point, will make a show of searching the ship, getting closer to the airlock. He will be clumsy at one point and knock down a bunch of stuff right next to the airlock. Okay. What action would you like to use to do this? I believe this would... uh, Yeah. I mean, you can roll any action. (laughs) Zemgis helps. He can get an extra die. Can I? You can only be assisted by one other character, but you have a special ability or something else you can use. Or... Or, if you want to do this as a group action, Tristan will still have to lead it, but everyone can roll, and uh, whatever the highest roll of the whole group is will be the roll. Hmm. Uh, Um, I only complain about the group action. I think at the same time as this, we need to get Rathilius into the cockpit, because when we're detached, we need him to fly this thing out of here, right? (laughs) Uh, Yes, that is a thing, too. Also, (laughs) and also keep in mind, remember... You always have flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, could this be a group skulk? Or that's... A group skulk would probably be, if you're going to do, uh, I, I would say if there's an action that is appropriate for this, I'd say skulk is the most appropriate. I would call that... Yeah. I would call that a risky standard effect. Okay. For, a, for skulk. So, uh, and obviously, not everyone needs to participate in the group action. I mean, whoever it's whoever is participating in the group action will roll their skulk. If someone wants to do something else at the same time, or if someone wants to do a setup action, that's another I thing to think. I might want to attempt the setup. Okay. All right. Okay, Remy. What what would you like to do to set up? So they were fading to the background. But as the whole group ad- adopts their shifty demeanors in whatever that means, Remy sort of steps forward and looks over this new guy. Yep. I don't think I met you before. No. We have not met, but I have been here. You must have arrived after I left. 
Not long after you left, but I have been here for some time. So you don't know exactly why I left, do you? The understanding I had was that you were weak in the warp, so you felt you were of no value to the great endeavor. Your parents are not disappointed in you. See, but that's what they wanted you to think. Your father was hurt, I think, because he realized, but you lied to him. I didn't lie, per se. Sometimes you have to keep the truth from somebody in order to protect them. Okay, tell me what tell me what you're going for here, and All we right. can do some kind of roll. So, so Remy is about to spin a yarn of 100% farm grade outstanding manure about what she saw in the heart of the dying star that caused her to strike out on her own, hoping that her story will captivate all present so that uh, my merry band of uh, Chuckle Fox (laughs) can do their work unobserved. Well, this is a lie, so I'll say, uh, yeah, I imagine Sway is probably what you're going for. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and push myself. Okay, so that is too stressed to push yourself. That will. Uh, so I'm going to call this. I'll call this risky. Uh, I'll call this risky standard effect. If your if your goal is to, you know, just to kind of get people paying attention to you, a nice tense conversation uh, is always a, a good distraction. And this uh, this uh, depending on how this goes, this will affect um, how this uh, this group skulk roll goes. So I have two sway and a bonus die. So that's three dice. That's three um, dice. Yep. My highest roll was a five. Okay, that is a success with a consequence. Hot damn. So it's a success. So the distraction is going to help. However, you now have the full attention (laughs) of this old man who has yet to tell you who he is. Oh, yeah. But what I will say is uh, you're not sure if his full attention is going to be good for you in the short time um you're getting a you i I will tell you you're getting a very uh like it's always a little culty with the children but it's like it was not like this there weren't like people shaving their heads and carving symbols or head you know and this guy he might be he could very well be part of the problem Mm, he seems great i don't know what you're talking about i'm getting that vibe i'm getting the vibe that he might be part of the problem so i will say that your further uh interactions with this guy are going to get a little bit harder depending on how they go. But uh, I am going to say that I will give you guys a bonus die to Tristan for this action. I have done my job. So you will be able to roll one die instead of no dice for your skulk. So how the group action works, everyone else participating in the group action will roll their skulk. And the highest roll between the three of you will be the result. And any failures will deliver stress to Tristan. Oh my gosh. Oh, so no pressure. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So as long as everybody rolls at least a four, you won't get any stress. Fine, I got to die. 50-50, yeah. buddy. I rolled a four. Five. Zemgis? I have two die, and uh, the highest was a two, so there you go. Mm. Okay. All righty, that is one stress, Tristan. Ow. And 
I'm going to tick that clock. So, so far, you are successfully sweeping the ship and looking for stuff. What you are finding when you actually do look is that there is very little actually in this ship. It looks like most consumables that you might find in certain parts of the ship are gone. It's pretty sparse in here. So if Orthelius was to take uh, charge of the ship again, he'd really need to outfit stuff. He wouldn't get too far before he needed, you know, just some regular supplies. So you are progressing. And uh, at this point, the old gentleman who is now just kind of locked in conversation with you and, and uh, you, you know, spin him the story of all the things you've seen in the dying star. And it is, you know, like the story you told in your flashback, it is full of revelations you've heard from other people. Mm. Some of them might, you know, you do know that some things contradict other people's. You're not, you're not sure if anybody who's ever told you what they've seen in the stars, even be full of shit either, but you know, some of these people genuinely can work the warp. He, however, focuses into your mind. Ah. He is, looks like he is attempting to make contact with your mind, much like your friend Zero does. No. And uh, the others uh, right now are not doing anything. Orthelios is, however, focused on your situation with this old man. He could always step in, too, which may or may not be helpful. You don't know. <laughs> Right. But everything is very, very tense. So what I'm going to need from you is you are going to be facing harm. I'm going to call this a level three harm of uh, psychic assault. You know, if this is ultimately successful, you basically will just open your whole mind to him. That can be very bad. That can leave really bad scars. So what is your response to this? What would you like to do? To jump back dramatically, holding my hand out in a protective warding gesture and be like, no, no. What I saw could drive somebody to madness and I would not want to inflict that upon you. Okay. What is your action? Uh, more bullshit? Sway? Okay. Kind of a, kind of a one-trick pony here, Pat. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some, I mean, yeah. It, so, uh, Sway is, uh, I'm going to call this a, I'm going to call this a desperate. Yeah, it is. Definitely a desperate action, and I'm going to start it for lesser effect, because he is quite psychically powerful. But I will put a XP in your resolve. Thank you. Uh, Well, to deal with the effect, you can push yourself, take a devil's bargain. I feel like the answer is always, uh, at least in this situation, is more stress. Okay. uh, Pat? Yes. So I'm aware of this now based on hearing something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're aware of what's going on. You can tell what this guy is about to do. Right. All right. So That's my shtick. Yeah, you get really, really... Pretty big creeping willies from this guy. Yeah. So what I would like to do is kind of put up a mental wall between the two of us. Now, I don't know how that would work mechanically, whether that's just an assist or a setup action for the resistance. I could see it done either way. Yeah. You could spend a stress in aid or you can do an action. I'd like to create a mental asset so that this would help going forward on them. Can I do that? Yes. There's a couple different ways you can do this. Rules-wise, if you want to do a downtime to create an asset, uh, it's you just spend a cred. Mm-hmm. 
Or if you'd like to do a flashback, you could do a flashback to have uh, reinforce people's put, minds, reinforce this mental block into their brain. All right, I will do a flashback to have done that. I'll okay, do it that way. Yes. So we flash back as you are approaching the core. You can definitely tell there's some tension in Remy. Um, you know, obviously, I think mean, what, but you know what you're walking into. Remy, you seem quite nervous. Perhaps I will. Uh help strengthen your resolve in this time of stress. Uh, how are you going to do that? Just put up some walls around you so that uh, you feel more strengthened. Right, don't worry, I'm not going in. I, I mean, honey, know. I got plenty of walls. <laughs> you got to in my line of work. You'd be surprised. Hmm. Okay, surprise me. <laughs> so you're tuning, I'm assuming? Yeah, I'm tuning. Okay. And that's a five. Okay, so I will call that a one stress flashback all right. <laughs> Let's not make it exactly the same as you aiding. It's more fun if it's a flashback. I'm going to call it a no-stress flashback then, but okay. I'll give you a bonus die because you should get something for risking on a flashback. Yeah, because that's something you could have easily done. Uh, you're going to no-stress flashback, but you will get a bonus die to your sway. So you will have three dice. Okay. And you'll be going for standard effect. So standard effect is, I will say, standard effect is resisting this assault. <laughs> Yay, I got a six. You got a six. Okay. I got Great. a piece. Hey, and the, uh, and the other dice add up to five, so I don't know. Okay, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he steps forward, and you feel this person coming into your mind, and this is a cold, unpleasant feeling. Your parents have been in your brain at different points of your life, and so you know what that feels like, but this feels very cold and very, very forceful. Who hate this. Yeah, it's painful. And you see his eyes kind of darken as he does it, where the whites of his eyes are just kind of clouding. As you look, no one else sees this but you. It's uh, that look of funky warp stuff going on. But as you, you throw your hands up and you, and you, you know, make your claim of utter horseshit, it's good horseshit. You feel something in your mind, and you see the, your artifact, Zero, does it have any, like, uh, a particular, like, does it have any symbols on it, or is there, like, writing, or... I don't know if there's writing, but there's probably... It's infused with black and purple energies. Okay. There's probably some sort of spiral or something that comes out with black and purple yeah, energies. Yeah, you see, like, in that moment, like, this black and purple spiraling energy that gives you that Demgus kind of feeling, and he pushes back, you see him, his head kind of snap back, and you will block that entirely. However, you will see that the knights kind of step forward in what could be, you know, a possible aggressive uh, posture. So what we'll do is we'll move on to uh, phase two of uh, Operation uh, Muffin Decouple. Everyone is is fairly <laughs> distracted, and now you feel like you can probably move closer to that airlock while all this is going on, Tristan. So, so Tristan will attempt to get into the airlock if he can. Yep. Okay. So, give me something to do that. How far away am I from it? You're pretty close. I would say you you could probably zip into it at you know at your leisure. Yeah, I mean, so Tristan will both get in there, but he will close and lock the door behind him. Okay. 
which I think would be a rig check, right? Yeah, I'll call it a risky standard effect. All right. The consequence, of course, will be somebody spotting you and you having to deal with that. All right, here we go. That is two dice. Two dice, yes. Would you like to uh, push yourself, uh, take a devil's bargain? Nah, I think I'll be okay. Okay. Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, you definitely are probably be paying more attention to this than Zemgus. So if you would like to assist, you certainly can, but, you know. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll th- I, I will assist for a stress. I can do that. Oh. That's right. a little stress between friends. We do like stress. All right. All right. That, that's a third D6. You're, you're just kind of helping people not, you know, mm-hmm. pay less attention to him. So go ahead and give me that rig, Tristan. All right. That's two fours and a one. So four. Okay. So that is a four. I'll give you another tick on the clock. But as a reminder, I have the starting ability Tinker. When I work on a clock with rig or hack, or when I study a schematic, I fill plus one segment. Aha, look at you go. All righty. So you do fill. You fill two. You have that clock half filled. But at this point, the two knights are now kind of looking like once you zip into the airlock, the two knights notice. You're in the airlock now. You're out of their sight. But those two young knights have noticed that someone has gone into the airlock and they just kind of step forward in between that and the assault. They're like, what's going on here? What? Why is he in there? He's checking the ship like we said we were going to. Have you not been paying attention? There's been a whole tense conversation. He's checking the ship. We need to fill the insurance forms out, and then we can get out of your hair. No one wants to be here. We will go. Leave us alone. You're um, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. these guys haven't been paying attention. They know what's going on. No, I'm asking them if they're oh. okay. This is like I don't, I don't trust. It's like I don't trust any of these people. I know why they're here. They look like they are going to get involved. Dr. Mormo, are you attempting to sway them, or...? I don't know how. I guess I'll try to sway them uh, again, uh, just buying for time. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we're... Um, anybody, I mean, eventually, yeah. we decouple, and all these people are there. We are going to have to put Well, yeah, and that's down. the other thing, too. Really... So, I, I'm just trying to figure out when I should do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I will, uh, I will try to sway them. Okay. Will not spend any stress. Uh, I basically my only thing I'm trying to do is just prevent them from going in and messing with Muffin. So keeping them into me, keeping them talking, keeping them like focused on me rather than dealing with Muffin. So uh, this is going to keep them from moving to the airlock. If this works, it's a risky standard effect as well. Okay, yeah, it's five. You get a five. Okay, uh, you are able to distract them. However. I'm going to start another clock, mm-hmm. and this clock is going to be the knights. The knights will will start knighting. So okay. I'm going to call that a four-piece clock. We're not going to get there. I'm, I'm, I'm done stalling, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it a four-piece clock. The uh, four-piece clock is the knights start uh, pulling out whatever weapons they have, and, and this becomes a fight. So that will just that will introduce the clock. Knights rumble. Okay, so... The old man is, uh, uh, does not seem to be as concerned about the situation with the airlock right now, but he is definitely um, focusing on Remy, and Keeveth is turning to you as well. If this is true, you would be of great use to the Endeavor. What can we do to convince you that our motives are pure? Keep you from this life of roaming and doing questionable deeds for money. 
You don't understand, do you? I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. How so? You think that every thread that comes out of this star stays in the system here? Well, that is... Yeah, it That doesn't. is the point, is it not? No, it's not. We have to... We have to tie up what loose... Ow, hell, so fuck. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start? And a then clock? a cat attacks you. And then, mm. and then a cat attacks me. I um, uh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, let's start over. <sighs> Some <laughs> threads of this star go way out beyond the system, and I have to snip those threads, or at least tie them off, so this star can have its best ending. Y'all want to stay here? and take care of the remaining tapestry, that's fine. But some of us have to go out on the fringes. I can't be with my family because of this work. I'm doing what I'm fated to do. And this is part of it. And if you're gonna get in my way, well, I might have to cut you too. She turns to the old man, Keeveth. I'm not gonna ask for a roll, because that was, uh, you have, you've, you've been swaying left and right, and I- uh, Hot damn. I think that is a uh, enough for this perhaps uh, to uh, mind-fucked uh, acolyte. And then she turns, uh, Father, I think they are right. And he looks down and just uh, then looks back and says, Finish your work here and leave, and I will tell your parents that they should not be so disappointed in you. He's kind of placating uh, the situation now. This isn't worth it. Just get these people out of here. Okay, so here's the situation. You are in the airlock now, Tristan, and you are kind of hacking away through this really, really poorly designed hack job of coupling. This is literally just kind of stapled to another ship. The problem is, though, as it stands right now, you don't know what's going to happen when you break free because this ship is a similar size to your ship. Obviously, everything is moving some way or not. And once this breaks free, is this just going to careen into another part of the flotilla? You know, someone's going to need to kind of take control of the situation. So I'm going to plant a seed, okay? I will offer this to you as a uh, a zero-point flashback. Uh, It's possible that when you were kind of devising this whole situation, thought something like this might be uh, a possibility... It might help if you had some kind of piloting control over this ship once you decouple, but you'd need... I can put the pilot on the flash drive. <laughs> you'd need to have some kind of way to do that, some automated process. You do not have time to kind of make up in your time. Okay, But if okay. you were to download Excuse- Johnny Pilot on your yep. phone link... Yep, yep. <laughs> you all right, all right. Here's, here's my, here's my proposal. Ship. Here's my proposal. I took Johnny Pilot and I downloaded him onto the equivalent of a USB stick. Yep. Um, I gave the equivalent of a USB stick to um, Doc. We're going to go with Doc. And I said, <laughs> before we count on the ship. He's okay, the smartest of you, for sure. Can't adjust I've this. cloned Johnny Pilot. Once I decouple the ship, we're going to need something to get us away from the flotilla. Once I start the decoupling, Stick this in the USB port in the cockpit. Got it. All right. I will say this just to make this slightly easier. I will say in any port 
you can find because right now getting to the cockpit would involve him going through a couple of comet nights okay. and I'm not going to be that mean okay. because I came up with kind of you know half came up with this this is hilarious we have weaponized Johnny Pilot <laughs> I thought of this immediately after we stopped recording last time yeah welcome it's going to avoid the warranty though yeah, it's okay. Oh, warranty. It was a free trial. It's a free trial. <laughs> yeah, they're excited. This, all this is here. doing is just spreading the free trial into another system. This is oh, yeah. totally cool. I mean, you know, in a corporate way, this is really recommended. You probably will get a credit for giving this to a friend. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, in the meantime, I will continue decoupling. Okay. So you can keep on keeping on with the rig. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to be, once again, a risky standard effect. So we'll we'll have you do that, and then I'll move to Dr. Cheeves, and we'll uh, figure out how he does what he's going to do. All right, here we go. Six! <laughs> Alrighty, you get a gambit. We get a gambit. <laughs> you fill up the final three pieces of this clock. Oh, we do? Yep. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Because it's fun. And then, Cheeves, you have the stick. He's in there. You know mm-hmm. he's in there. Yep. Well, it's going to take him at least 10 more seconds, so we're fine. Uh, you do see there is a terminal. It's an airlock terminal, okay. but it's connected to the whole ship. So uh, okay. once you you know, it says once you get it in there, as long as you can get it in a computer connected to the ship's network, Johnny Pilot will, like the horrible disease that he is, infect this ship. So Great. I will just need an action from you to do that surreptitiously. All right, well, my action is going to be... I guess I should put more points into Sway. My action is going to be uh, uh, Sway, I will say... Uh, well, you also do have Skulk and Scramble, so those are also good... Uh, yeah, but they, they are, but I but I, I want to use, like, just logically, because I've got their attention on me now. Oh, that's true. That so is I true. need to get our, our knight, who is supposed to be inspecting the ship, to go inspect the ship, and I'm going to send him to the cockpit, which should, I hope, confuse them to be like, oh, we should keep an eye on the guy who's going to the cockpit, because that's going to be the big problem. So, Because <laughs> that's what we were going to do before we started to be like, oh, wait, we all need to do this other stuff. Yes, so yes. I'm going to be like, I'm like, all right, great. Well, let's get out of your hair. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, s- s- no, no, no. This is all great. It's perfect. Um, yeah, you, you don't know what everyone's doing. Everyone is, yeah, this like, is, your mind didn't get destroyed, so anything you do to keep your mind from being destroyed yeah, is... And, uh, and it's working. We got him in there. We're decoupling. I haven't murdered anybody yet. Doing great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's coming. But okay. uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be like, oh, uh, 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 sir, 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 I've forgotten his name. Sir Othgiliath, hey, can you go check out the cockpit so we can get out of here? Oh. Time is money. Can you go? Can you go? Do you guys want to keep an eye on him while he's in there or not? I don't care. If you want to let him go in there, I don't I don't think he'll be long. Uh, what? Can, can we just, can we get this done, please? All and, right, I'm going to call this, a, I'll call this a risky standard effect. Yep. And I will, uh, I will push myself. Okay. Because, uh, you know. Uh, that is a five. And then, bing. Yep. Wild gesture. Crack. <laughs> so, you are able to distract them enough that you can put the flash drive in the computer, and Johnny Pilot will be online when this uh, <laughs> ship starts to decouple. I am going to tick a clock on the Knight's Rumble clock. That is fine. And at this point, the ship starts breaking free from its moorings. So here's where we ask the question I maybe should have asked before. Um, <laughs> I'm in an airlock. Is the other side space sealed? Well, now it is. 
you realize as you're doing this now that you're not sure if the place you're in is a really a good place to be when the ship starts decoupling. You, re- yeah, uh, you start. Well, I'll just say it this way: you start seeing atmosphere venting out of several holes that you didn't realize were there while you were doing this. Oh fuck! That's good. We need to put that on the insurance claim. <laughs> Now, I will say, at this point, you do have a normal load, and you have not selected any equipment. Oh, fudge, you're right. And spacesuit is too. You you weren't even using your fine ship repair tools to do this. That could have helped as well, but you didn't need to. Even so, if you were to click off two spots on your sheet, you could be wearing your spacesuit. You know what? I would rather just open the airlock on the ship side, get in, and seal it. Okay. I mean, having a spacesuit would be cool. But it comes with the fundamental problem of I'm still outside of a ship. <laughs> right, right. I'm just saying you wouldn't have to, you're like, you know, you can hold on and time won't be as much of the essence. But that is true. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, so God, there's a lot of things going on right now. So the ship is breaking away from the moorings. At this point, everyone on the ship is starting to uh, is starting to react in a not so nice way. Also, the ship is becoming a very dangerous place to be standing around in. And this is the point where Johnny Pilot's going to have to start taking control of the ship. What could go wrong? So I'm going to call for a roll for Johnny Pilot. Johnny Pilot's rating zero. Two dice and take the lowest. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I uploaded him. I'll roll it. Okay. It's a three. Okay. So this is what happens. As the decoupling happens, the ship starts to move in a very erratic fashion, pushing your ship and that ship a little bit too fast. This is not the kind of maneuver that the base program uh, has any idea what it's doing. So it's just basically just trying to take just a regular undocking maneuver in a, in a flotilla of ships. Or there's all kinds of other things that's in its way. There's another ship attached. The weight ratio is all off. So uh, this is going to result in everyone taking a uh, level one harm thrashed around. Wow. Resist with prowess. Yes, resisting with prowess is uh, is uh, is something you do if you if you would like uh, uh, to resist it. I would. Yeah, you'd be rolling prowess to resist. So as a reminder, how that works is uh, you take six stress minus whatever you roll in your prowess. Tristan, you have one in prowess. Zemgis, you have three. three. Remy, you have two. Uh, Dr. Mormo, you also have two. So if you would like to, you can do this. If not, you will take a level one harm of thrashed around. What happens if you fill your stress boxes? That's bad. You will suffer a trauma and you are taken out of the current situation. Four traumas and you are not a uh, functional uh, uh, spacefarer at that point. You need to retire. I will take the harm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I took one stress and I marked it off already. Okay. I took two stress and I'm I'm fine. I've got two stress left. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, Remy, are you uh, are you resisting or are you taking the uh, the harm? I'll take I'll take the thrashed around. Uh, I'll say, go go ahead and uh, yeah, you thrashed around. So how that works is, you have two boxes of level one harm. If you take any more level one harm, when those boxes are full, it goes up to level two harm. Uh, level one harm uh, gives you less effects on actions where that particular harm would affect you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, level two harms is minus one die. And then level three harm is you're down. You can't do much without spending stress. Yeah. So that is what's going on. Everyone is thrashed around on the ship. And that will tick two more clock pie pieces. The knights are coming to their feet. And now that 
it, things are going but nuts. Something's happening. Yes. <laughs> it's all in your head, guys. Orthelios is moving to the cockpit to hopefully take control of the ship. The ship appears to be just acting crazy on its own, mm-hmm. apparently. Oh no, I accidentally uploaded uh, Johnny Janitor. He doesn't know what The old man and Kivith, you're not sure what's going on with them, and Muffin has to get out of the airlock. So, at this point, it's going to be either the children get control of the ship, or you guys get control of the ship. And that's going to be dependent on what happens next. Matter of fact, there's going to be two competing six-piece clocks. The crew of the Steadfast get control, or the children get control. That is uh, what the stakes of this current situation are. As we head in to this perilous situation, what's going to happen next? Who knows? Guess what, though? We'll find out in two weeks. Oh, no! no! Bye. Bye. Later.